Let's hope we can turn it around. Let's hope it's not too late. If uh, we just had more people like Joseph Rome and Richard Heinberg, my guests uh, on the program today, uh, out there on national television and radio, speaking to the masses, connecting the green dots, perhaps we would be turning uh, things around a bit faster than we seem to be. Oh, my, when will it end, all the rhetoric, all the uh, denial, all the uh, trash-talking out there? My goodness, it's just like politics as usual as the planet melts, as the storms swirl and topple cities. Uh, I was just had, had CNN on in the background this morning as I was getting ready for the show, and there was a story about uh, high school students in Joplin, Missouri. Uh, they've had to transform a shopping mall into a temporary high school for these poor kids because there's no way they could rebuild a school since the disaster in May. And, you know, whatever happened to Japan, we don't see that in the headlines anymore, but after the uh, triple perfect storm of the uh, earthquake and uh, tsunami and nuclear near meltdown, you know, we can only imagine what's going on there, and yet uh, you turn on the television set, another race, more rhetoric, and it just seems to be endless. So we're going to talk about all that and kind of put a, a positive, if we can, uh, at least a pun-filled uh, spin on that. Got lots of uh, observations to share with Joseph Rome. Uh, Joseph is uh, joining me now on the Green Front, and Richard Heinberg, I hope, is still with us. So let's have a conversation about conservation or <laughs> what's not happening in terms of conservation and climate change. Thanks for joining me, Joe. Thanks for having me. As usual, uh, Climate Progress, where you're the editor, has a lot of great stories every day. You are just so prolific. It um, always impresses me. I don't even know where to begin. But let's let's talk about the current crop of Republican presidential <laughs> candidates. Let's start with the political, because I'm chomping at the bit. I'm sure you are, too. When Rick Perry, as uh, anticipated, jumped into the race uh, a few days ago, you know, the, the quote I kept seeing was, he's in, he's in deep. And all I could say is, yeah, he's in the you know deep pockets from the Koch brothers. He's in deep denial. You know, those of us who see the world through these green lenses, uh, it just doesn't look quite as, um, oh, as strong a candidacy as some people seem to think. I mean, when you ignore 98% of the world's scientists, how smart can you be? Yeah, well, you know, he's another conservative, ideological uh, governor of Texas, a uh, <laughs> guy who was actually George Bush's uh, lieutenant governor. Uh, uh, a decade ago, uh, so it's it's or uh, 12 years ago, you know, it's kind of a remark of the conservative movement that uh, a guy as extremist as Rick Perry is sort of viewed as a savior. I guess it's also a mark of how these Republicans view the current crop. That uh, you know, Perry, uh, he is uh, he is a hardcore denier. I mean, he he in fact just. Uh, went out and attacked scientists uh, claiming that they are just making up numbers uh, in order to get grant money. You right. know, it's the old, they're in it for the money uh, uh, attack, which point. is, I mean, any, you know, anyone who knows scientists knows that they did not go into science Right, and the other category uh, they always say are greedy is environmental nonprofit workers, right, and activists. We're a really greedy bunch. <laughs> I know. It's particularly hysterical from a guy who's gotten $11 million from the fossil fuel industry uh, over the course of his governorship. Uh, are they fueling? So, Who are they fueling? A lot of people. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, the, the interesting thing is that he was actually, in 1988, he, he was actually Texas chair for Al Gore's campaign. And uh, he he originally claimed when uh, the Politico asked him about this that he didn't know 
you know, that Al Gore wasn't into global warming back then, and then the political pointed out that, in fact, Al Gore's always been into global warming and that he was very outspoken on global warming before 
whatever is outdoors is going to be subject to it the most, and that that is our agricultural lands, which has, you know, you know, our farming system in the world over has developed over ten thousand years of a climate that has been pretty uh, 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 stable in terms of a uh, pretty narrow temperature range, and now we are in the process of seeing whether you know seven billion and then eight billion and nine billion people can can survive uh, as we radically change the climate and I, I think it is going to cause mayhem and suffering for for billions of people and the among the ironies these all these fiscal conservatives uh, republicans you know uh, there's an there's an economic impact from climate change my goodness I mean it's so plain to see and yet there's just a disconnect. It's, uh, there was a great video. It's making its way around the Internet. John Stewart um, pointing out how mainstream media is ignoring Ron Paul's candidacy. Like, when did he become the 13th floor, you know, of politics? <laughs> it's like, why is climate change just never a part of the rational conversation, you know, in terms of the many, many impacts? It's so far beyond environmental impacts. It's health. It's economy. It's, um, you know, it's... Well, and part of it, as, as you know, is they have just fired all of the top science and environment reporters. I mean, the L.A. Times just fired one of theirs, Newsweek, you know, uh, acts one that. of theirs. There really is so few uh, uh, people who, uh, you know, in the media who, who have an understanding. You know, when NBC uh, took over the Weather Channel, they had promised they wouldn't get rid of their of their climate unit, and they summarily fired them all, which is why Heidi Cullen you know, is yep. is is doing the work she's doing independently. So, you know, they they've just gone to this uh, general political reporting where there's no facts anymore. It's just all he said, she said. You know, drama-driven storytelling. Well, and I'm heading to New York City tomorrow, and I'm uh, going to call on MSNBC and say, you know, as television is, uh, you know. <laughs> going back and forth between red versus blue and all the political punditry that's going on. How about a green show? It's one that, you know, actually straddles all uh, political parties and just talks about scientific reality. I'd be curious to see what they say since they are the more liberal of the networks. And uh, why not a show that talks about the future of our planet, what's happening in, in real terms and what we can do about it? I mean, that's a pretty radical concept, but I'm trying. Well, it's pretty amazing that no such show exists given given... Uh, you know that that many many tens of millions of Americans, uh, you know, are are very concerned about what's happening to the climate. I'm sure wherever you go, you don't even have to bring up the subject. People know the weather is crazy. It's extreme, and and the people who follow the science understand this is what climate scientists have been warning about for many decades. But yet, you know, yes, I was the general right. public doesn't get the dots connected by the media. Right. I was at the Gaylord Hotel in Washington, D.C. last weekend. I had USA Today um, left at my door. I don't usually read that, but um, they seem to be taking a pretty good position on climate change. There was uh, an editorial uh, pro and con, one saying climate change is very real, and uh, that was the USA Today. And then there was a, a naysayer saying, "We yes, we've had extreme weather. Yes, climate is, is changing, but we should not jump to conclusions and, and do anything about it yet. Jump, Do not jump to conclusions. <laughs> oh, I saw that. That was actually a uh, representative from the great state of Texas, I believe, who, Probably. who was given the, the con position <laughs> on that. And he ended the, uh, the, the, uh, the op-ed by saying, uh, you know, uh, everyone should pray for Texas. That's right. That didn't work for Rick Perry praying for rain. No, and I did a post. Uh, you know, he he called. He had a three-day proclamation in in mid-April 
that this, everyone pray for, for rain, and, and of course since then the drought has gotten considerably worse, and virtually the entire state is yeah. under extreme drought now. Yeah, and I was wondering is that, you know, um, as the um, opposition piece started, you know, they were ta- acknowledging all the extreme weather, I thought, how is this going to end up being against climate change? But all of a sudden there's this total non sequitur, but let's not jump to conclusions. <laughs> You know, building this case that any intelligent person would would read, you know, we should do something about it. Let's not jump to conclusions. Okay, back to the party. Uh, So speaking of uh, the party being over, the end of growth, Richard Heinberg, if you're still with us, would you like to weigh in with some comments? Right. Well, uh, I've been enjoying – by the way, hi, hi Joe. It's good to be on the uh, radio with you. Howdy. Hi, I've been uh, enjoying the comments. I, I was just uh, uh, talking about uh, Texas and climate change, just looking at uh, a great uh, piece on Think Progress uh, with Texas climate scientist Catherine Hayhoe responding to uh, Rick Perry. And it's so down-to-earth and so clear. It's such a great example of... Uh, of uh, uh, how you know how we can communicate about uh, climate change. Uh, so if folks want to Google that, H A Y H O E is uh, is her name, and it's on the uh, uh, Think Progress. She, she talks about uh, her her own experience in the laboratory, showing the, the basic principles. And uh, she's uh, her husband's an uh, evangelical uh, a pa- pastor of an evangelical Bible church in West Texas. So, you know, sometimes uh, getting the message from someone like that it helps it to um, to get through. And, of course, Think Progress is put out by the Center for American Progress, where Joe Brome's uh, fabulous climate progress blog is out. So we're getting right. a lot of synergy here. I, I knew you, you two would agree, and, and so many people on the show, of course, do. And I don't like to just preach to the choir, trying to, you know, grow the choir. But uh, it, it seems that still we're kind of siloed in, in America, doesn't it? The, the believers and the non-believers. I mean, not really, but that's what's represented in the media. Well, I think that that you know we we do have a bifurcated media. I, I, I do agree with you that it's it's the media likes to focus on the extremes uh, in in making its case rather than explaining what you know. I would say the middle ground is, which is what scientists say, uh, and I agree, Catherine Hayhoe, who, who's director of Texas Tech's Climate Science Center, is, is just first rate, and she had emailed me, in fact, when she saw the post I had done on on Texas drought, saying that, you know, in Lubbock, they usually average nine days a year that are above 100 degrees Fahrenheit. This year, they already are at 43, and she sent me this map, and she said, you know, this is... Uh, the summer that we're having now is going to be just an average summer when the planet has warmed up two degrees centigrade, um, which will probably be you know sometime around the middle of the century if we if we don't get our act together and, and reduce greenhouse gas emissions. So you know it's kind of hard for people to understand this you know climate change, but you know the unbearable summer that we are having. Uh, right now, where you you know on the worst days you just you just can't go outside, and of course people people who are, you know kids and older people uh, are are just trapped inside. That's just going to be an average summer. Not, you know, not to mention the, the air conditioners that are blasting, making the problem worse. Those who are lucky enough to have AC. No, it's a vicious cycle. I mean, obviously we if we uh, uh, don't 
you know, you can get on the sustainable path. I mean, there's really two paths. There's a path where you aggressively become more efficient and embrace uh, clean energy, uh, and then there's this path where you just keep burning fossil fuels to try to deal with the the, the heat and the devastating uh, effects of climate change. But but ultimately, it just gets worse and worse, and and you know, it's it, I, it's it's just. I view it as, as so immoral um, that, you know, this Congress doesn't, the, the Republican Congress isn't, it's not even simply satisfied with stopping us from uh, embracing cost-effective measures to reduce carbon pollution. They have uh, voted to stop uh, the federal agencies from even planning for climate change. And... It's, you know, obviously, if you don't believe in global warming, why would you spend any money preparing for it? There's mitigation, there's adaptation, but we're doing none of the above. <laughs> Again, and, and science advisor John Holdren like, you know, uh, uh, like to say uh, that, you know, the future is, is a combination of mitigation, adaptation, and misery. <laughs> and if you, if you don't do the first two, you're going to get a lot of the third. And, and as you noted, this hot summer is continuing. Um, I was in Sedona, Arizona at the end of June for a writing conference, and I couldn't believe how hot it was, 107, 108, 100, up to, I think it was up to 113. So I put that you know, weather report in my iPhone, so I just check it every day. And I have not seen one day since I left there in late June that has been under 100 degrees. I don't know how those people deal with it. Well, Arizona, you know, is another state, ironically enough, that where, you know, uh, uh, John McCain uh, originally campaigned uh, in in favor of climate action, and then the minute he yeah. lost the presidential race, he immediately and had a Tea Party challenger. He immediately flip flopped into denial. And as you say, Arizona, you know, is a state that is going to see uh, literally half the days of the year uh, above 100 degrees. Um, if, uh, again, uh, by, you know, mid-century, a little after, if we don't get our act together soon. And that tends to be retirement communities. How older folks, um, I guess I'm getting there. It's my birthday today, but uh, I'm on with some senior fellows. I'm feeling kind of senior, but it has nothing to do with age, really. All joking aside, I don't know how people deal with this extreme weather day in, day out. I'm lucky enough to live in the Bay Area where the only air conditioning we have is to open our window in the car or the house, but uh, even that area, you know, could see... Uh, extreme weather, although so far as I say, half joking, we're just, we're just getting better weather, but not to rub that in. It's, it's no laughing matter, and it, there is a misery index and factor already. Oh, absolutely. Not to mention the rest of the world, what about Somalia, just for a moment? Got to touch on that. Absolutely. One of the worst droughts in the history of Africa. Um, and again, there was a paper that just came out. There were climate scientists who actually predicted this uh, last year, uh, linking it to warming temperatures in, in the Indian Ocean. You know, we're a rich country, so you know, by and large, we we uh, uh, at least at the beginning stages of global warming, you know, people can crank up the air conditioning. If you pay five percent more for food, it's not going to you know wipe your budget out. But in countries where food is like thirty or forty percent of the family budget, when food you know prices go up 50 percent it, it is devastating and obviously if you live off the land as so many people do uh in east africa then you know this kind of drought is devastating and and yet i fear well, my biggest fear is that because the extreme when the extreme weather hits the u.s and we focus on the disasters here 
we become less, you know, compassionate in some sense, uh, less open to to helping people in other countries. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I think that if we don't get on this sustainable path soon, uh, we're going to see a great many people around the planet suffer, and a lot of countries are not going to be in a position to help them because they're going to be suffering too. I think they're starting to play my music, so let's just uh, quick wrap up uh, one minute from each of you. Something, say something positive. I want to have a nice rest of the day. <laughs> What's your, what are you hoping for, each of you? <laughs> Well, maybe well, I, I, I can go first. You know, the, this, this may be a, a political problem, but the, the, the adults in the room understand what's going on. Uh, it, it's understood as a national security issue by the military, by the CIA. And uh, even, uh, even though the, the Republicans in Congress are, are climate deniers, virtually everybody else who has, uh, has two brain cells uh, gets this. And, uh, and sooner or later, we've got to work our way around the, the, uh, the political theater and, and start doing something serious. You're here, too. Well, and, you know, the, the, the good news is that uh, there are many other countries, particularly China, which are, although they continue, you know, uh, polluting with coal plants, are spending a staggering amount of money on clean energy. And the cost of key technologies like solar photovoltaics, uh, concentrated solar thermal, wind power, uh, and electric batteries for electric cars continue to come down in price. So, you know, the, you know, I worked five years in the Department of Energy. The solutions are there when we are ready. The, the only question is, are we going to be, uh, you know, have the political will to act in time? Joseph Rome of ClimateProgress.org and Richard Heinberg. Uh, just that was a new book, The End of Growth. Thank you so much for being with me on the Green Front and for making my day today. If any of you joined us in progress and you'd like to hear the entire show, I'd recommend it. Go to the Progressive Radio Network or my website where the shows are archived at thegreenfront.com. Have a great green week, everyone, and stay cool. Yeah.